Again, um, a couple housekeeping items I have to actually take care of, so kind of bear with me on this one. A couple weeks ago, we as a church family, we had our, our budget approval process, and we felt we communicated it quite well. Um, obviously not, um, we didn't. And so some people said, wait a second, what happened? And we didn't sure, we, we all knew what went on. And, and a, a budget is an important part of a church family, and it's a family thing, and we really want to be open about it. And it didn't happen the way we wanted, obviously. And we're sorry about that. Um, we really are. So next week, um, if you're interested in finding out more about our church budget and have questions about it, we're going to be having some handouts in the program. And also Jason Madsen, who is our, our church treasurer, um, will be around after each Sunday service upstairs. Just go on upstairs and meet Jason. And um, we're going to have a Q&A session there. And you can get all your questions answered. Or if you want to call me throughout the week, um, during the week, you can. You can do that. So again, so sorry about, about this, and we want to make this one right. Um, one more thing. Um, um, we sometimes, I know we sometimes complain about it, and some of you know there's no heat in this building um, right now in, in the down, downstairs. Um, I never complain about no heat, by the way. I try and keep it as cold as I can, because once you warm it up and I get up and start talking, guess what you guys all do? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, they say, you know, um, preaching is the fine art of talking in other people's sleep. So, um, and I will do that um, oftentimes. But while we're working to get it fixed, um, I mean, it should be a great reminder to all of us that um, right now in places around the world, just being able to meet safely is a blessing. That they're not going to get arrested for being together is, is a joy and a victory for them. Um, we as a church family have chosen to um, continually bring to our minds the persecuted church, the churches around the world, that they cannot meet in safety. Um, you're arrested for naming the name of Jesus, and you're in prison if you were to go out and try and help somebody find um, who Jesus is as, as Savior. Um, and so we, every month, um, we have people that go upstairs to specifically pray. And then we as also, as a church family, on that Sunday, um, we will take a look at a particular country or area in the world, and we take a few moments to pray about that. And this morning, we're going to take some time and pray um, for the country of Iran. Um, um, Y'all know about Iran. We hear about that in the news um, all the time. Um, quite an industrialized country, but they've taken steps here and there and, and pretty much er everywhere. Um, and what we're going to be doing is, and again, how do you pray for a country? I don't know. We're going to do the best we can on this one um, for it. And, and I'm going to invite you to bow with me right now for time to pray. I'm going to have you just pray quietly where you are, and I'm going to mention a couple things to pray for, but invite you just to go to God who has said, pray to me. And God who has said, call to me and I will answer. Um, any person in Iran who, who leaves Islam faces a charge of apostasy. That's a legal charge. And they can be thrown in jail or worse. And the believers there have asked us to pray that the laws will change, allowing for freedom of religion. Would you pray just for some kind of legislative change, freedom, they might have. Pray for that right now. Those leaders would open up their hearts for faith to be real there. Nearly all the churches that have 
um, health services in Persian had been closed in recent years and the leaders were arrested. Um, pray for Christians in Iran's prisons. And here's what they've asked for. Pray that those in prison because of Christ have a genuine love for their guards and fellow inmates. Let's pray for that right now. God, may they be able to love inmates, guards, the supernatural love in Jesus. So they may ask the question, why are you guys like this? They can talk about Jesus. And there are believers who meet secretly in house churches. Let's pray for their protection right now. Also pray for their witness that it would be successful as they would have a chance or they would find chances or be able to have chances to share Christ with neighbors safely, Lord. Protect the brothers and sisters. There are brothers and sisters in Iran. Help them. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much. It means a lot to me that we can, we can, we can do that. This year, um, our whole emphasis is on um, hope, esperanza. Uh, it's a good word, and, and hope is a great thing. I mean, we all need hope. Without hope, we, you know, we just kind of go nowhere. The best thing you can have is so, I imagine a relationship that you're in. When there's no hope, where there's no hope. In fact, that's when people come to me and say, there's no hope in this. There's no hope in this, whatever. You imagine you're in a relationship where there's no hope in that. Or, 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 or can you imagine you're in a job and there's just no hope for any kind of advancement? You what? You, you give up. You, you, you kind of shut down. Imagine if you have a coach and you're on a team and your coach is giving you absolutely no hope to win a game. Can you imagine what that would be like? Yeah, it would just, just be a terrible experience to have that kind of stuff happen. And so we see that hope is a really, really important thing. Now, now when we talk about what hope is, at least what God, the hope God wants us to have, it's not a wish, okay? It's, it's not a wish. I, I think wish is just wimpy hope, okay? Now, wishing's fine. You can have wishes all you want when you blow out your candles and all that kind of stuff. But wishing is just wimpy hope, you know, like I, I hope the Giants have a better bullpen this year, okay? That's just kind of, eh, that's, that, that's wimpy hope. And it's not just simply positive thinking, okay? I can positive think all I want, but I still cannot positively think myself to be able to dunk a basketball. I can't do that, okay? As much as I wanted to my entire life, I've never been able to, to, to do that. It's not a wish. It's not positive thinking. It's a God word. Hope is an assurance that God is in control of life and of my life. And no matter if good or bad happens... He's in charge, and it's going to be okay. And that means that you can be an optimist and have hope, because optimists always have hope. You can be an optimist and have all kinds of hope that God's in charge. You can be a what? You can be a pessimist, and you can still have hope, because even though you might see things as being gloomy and the dark side of things, you still know that God's in charge, and it's going to be at the very end of all of this. It's going to be what? It's going to be okay. It is going to be all right, because God is in charge, and he's a good He's a good God. And, and today I want to talk a little bit about how hope relates to burnout, 
Okay, have you ever been burned out? You know, felt like oh, I'm just getting burned out in life. You know, I, I, I've been, this thing's burning me out. Ray Johnson, in 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 his book, The Hope Quotient, says that hope or lack of it is really directly related to the burnout that we can experience. Um, and I think, boy, when 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 the hope gets sucked out of you, you start to burn out. And if you're burning out, it means the hope is getting sucked out of you. I was at line at Safeway. This past week, I was at Safeway um, in the line grocery store, and my line was going what? Nowhere. It was going nowhere. My line was going absolutely nowhere, and I did what any normal person would do. I got out of that line, and I went to what? I went to another line. Okay, you know where this is going. You know exactly where this is going. And so the line I'm in now all of a sudden got, got, got stalled, and it's the classic stress, you know. I hope this line is going to move someplace, and it's not getting anywhere. And, and so all, all of a sudden, as I'm watching the line I was in move forward, I began to lose hope of getting out. Now, I'm standing there, and I'm stewing in my juices, you know, right there. And I remember an article I read. It said that if you, if you have to choose a line, if you're in a grocery store, and there are all kinds of lines, and you have to choose a line, choose the one with the person that has the person with the cart loaded with stuff, the most full of stuff. Go to that line first. That's the one you want to go to. And, and I'm thinking, why is that? It's because they said it's the transactions that take time. It's not the scanning the items that take time. It's the, it's the transactions that take time. So I always choose that one. And so I thought, well, okay, here we go. I'm going to put this into to practice, you know, because all of a sudden hope is restored. You know, ah. So I found this person, this lady, with this, just this massive cart of food, you know, and hope is now building up because I'm going behind this person here. And, and, and as they're scanning the items, um, she had gotten the wrong kind of cereal. And so they invited the courtesy clerk to go back and get the right kind. Now, my hope is still stable. Okay, I'm still there. My hope is still stable. And, and, and she needed bags. And so she asked how much the bags were, and she wasn't sure she wanted to buy bags. Okay, my hope is what? Wavering, you know, it's wavering. And then she forgot her Safeway card PIN number. My hope is faltering. <laughs> And then she tried to pray with her Costco card. And my hope is now dying, okay? And, and, and as I saw people who were behind me, they had left to go to another check stand. And as I'm standing there, I'm watching them go out the door to their cars already. And I thought, hope's lost, hope's lost, hope's, 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 hope's completely gone. And, and what that is, is it's the reality of, of how we do lose our hope. The act of trying with no visible result equals burnout. I mean, doesn't it? When you think about that, when you're trying to try and try and try and try and nothing's going to happen, nothing improves, that's what causes burnout. I mean, if I'm trying and trying and I'm seeing some results, I'm okay. But when everything stalls and shuts down and doesn't give me what I'm looking for or wanting or trying to get, that's when I begin to, to burn out. What I would be doing is putting my hope in something that what? Can't give it. Whenever I try and put my hope into something that can't give it, I fry out. I I burn out. Hope and burnout comes from putting hope in things that can't give hope. And and I guess I want to say that God patiently, lovingly, continually may lead us into places where the things we cling to for hope are going to be revealed for what they really are. Can you follow that? 
God will lovingly and patiently bring you to places where you see and where it's revealed that things that you're clinging to for hope that can't provide it are what they really are. Here's a great verse, and I, and I love this verse. There's one to remember. It says, for my people, this is God responding, for my people have done two evil things, two bad things. They've abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they've dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no, wa- no water at all. Do you hear the two things that he's talking about, the problem that's going on here? And if you don't know what a cistern is, it's not going to make a lot of sense. I like the word cistern, by the way. It's just fun to say, isn't it? Cistern, cistern, say. Just me. Okay. All right. Some of you know what a cistern is. Um, today they have big plastic ones. In fact, if you drive up and down the coast or sometimes some of the farm roads, you can see the cisterns half buried in the ground. A cistern is actually something that holds water. It's a big tank that holds water. And today we have big plastic ones. Back then what they would have to do is they would dig a hole in the ground and they'd, and they'd widen it out sometimes, oftentimes in a rock, and they'd dig it down. And it wouldn't be a well where it's straight down. It would be opening here and it would kind of get wide down below. And what they would do in order for it to hold water, they would take plaster and they'd plaster it all around. And then when the rains would come in, because it's a very dry desert area where where Israel is, they would be able to divert the rain into channels and the rain would come down and it would fill up the cistern. You follow that? Okay, this is what a cistern, this cistern is. Now, now God is saying this. You've got two problems, two problems that are going on here. Problem number one, people have left God who gives living water. Free-flowing, bubbling out, it's there, it's free, it's flowing, and it's fresh. And God provides it free. Instead, they go to all the trouble of digging stupid cisterns, and the cistern's broken on the inside. It's cracked. And no matter how much water you pour into it, it's going to what? It's going to leak out. And the end result is you got you got. Nothing. And the comparison is a look at sometimes what we do in our own lives is we try and go, and let's look at the cistern first. We look at the empty cistern, and we've gone to all this trouble for the cistern, and we found out there's nothing in it at all. And we have forgotten that just over there is God who provides water freely and abundantly for our lives. God's saying you've got to go somewhere for your water. You're going to go somewhere for your hope. Where are you going to go? Where do you go for hope in your life? Great verse, it says, why spend money on what's not bread and your labor on what doesn't satisfy? He's not talking about keto diet, so those of you that are into it, don't get all excited about that. Anything like that. What he's saying is there's something in me that says this about stuff or things or small things that aren't God. Maybe, just maybe, this will give me what I need. Any of you do Netflix? Any of you have Netflix? It's really okay to say it. You do, okay? Okay, we have Netflix. Um, I've got Netflix. And, and, and with, I never knew there were so many bad movies out there, you know? You know that? Netflix, it's just nothing. There's just a lot of bad movies. And, and, and what I do is I keep turning on Netflix hoping there's something to watch, okay? Hoping there's something to watch. And each time, you know, I say, please, you know, please have something on here. Uh, I, I, in fact, 
I spend more time trying to look for something to watch than I ever do in watching anything on Netflix. Do you know that? And if you like that, as well, I spend much more time looking than I just simply ever do watch. And, and then somebody told me that when you go to, to, in Netflix, you go to the category of movies you want to looking at, they list the movies line by line based on how good they are. Did you know that? They list the movies based on how, how, how good they are. And so the theoretically good movies are at the top and in the second line and all, all that kind of stuff. And so you, you scroll, scroll through and the first line of movies will be theoretically okay. They're not, but, but they're supposed to be okay. And the, and the next line will be worse and the next line will be worse still. And the next line will be all the Nicolas Cage movies, which are worse still. Okay. Well, always bad. And so forth and so forth and, and, and so forth. And, and at the end of this venture into Netflix, I'll turn off the TV and I will ask myself, why do I keep spending time on things that give me what? Nothing. Nothing. If I'm looking to Netflix to give me hope, I'll be disappointed every time, and I will get burned out on TV. Again, this is God to us. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what doesn't satisfy? And then here's the rest of the verse. Listen, listen to me, and eat what's good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. God is saying, is you come to me. Listen, come to me. So I guess if I'm looking at my job for my source of hope, it can't give it. It can't give it. And it's just a matter of time before I burn out. And, and if I'm looking at my marriage as a source of my hope, she or he, they can't be it. They just can't be it. They can't be the total source of, of hope. And it's just a matter of time before something goes wrong and I lose hope and I burn out. You see how it works here? And that's true with health. It's true with fitness. It's tr- true with your career choice. It will lead to burnout. And again, the question is, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what doesn't satisfy? Why dig cisterns that you're never going to be able to finish that are only going to be cracked and they'll always drain out? When God says, you come to me. Why do we do that? And sometimes it's because the very act of going to God is a humbling, hard experience. And it's a challenge to be able to say, I can't do this by myself. But there's a human nature in me that says, but doggone it, I sure don't want God to do it. Because I want to be in charge of my own self. And so we keep digging, and we keep digging, and we keep trying to buy bread. And we keep wondering, why do I not have any hope in life? Um, And then you turn to God. And then something happens in you where you say, I can't do this myself. And I'm tired and I surrender and I swallow this pride that's getting me nowhere. And I'm going to go to God. And and I'm going to go to Jesus Christ. And we've sang about him and we've talked about him. Jesus Christ said, I will connect you to God in a way that you could never imagine, ever. And what makes a life lived in Christ different? What is it? Here's a key verse, and this is what happens. It means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. 
I mean, a whole thing changes on the inside. It's not just, I got a new attitude. It's not that kind of a thing. I mean, you do get a new attitude, but what's saying is spiritually on the inside, everything has changed. Everything transforms. From the old self, the old person, it's called regeneration, is regenerated into now something that God wants you to be, and you're spiritually, Jesus would call it, reborn. You're spiritually reborn. And I guess you can circle the word new, new person, new life, and new has begun. And, and, and since everything's new, you can't survive on the old things or the old way of doing things. I need a whole new way of doing things and looking at things because I'm new on the inside. And so this is what the Bible says in talking about how we're now responding to life. It says, since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's where I set my heart. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you've died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So you set your mind on things above. And as you do, things here begin to lose their grip on us. Great verse. It says, why are you downcast on my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Good question. Why so downcast on my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. I want us to practice for a second what it means to set our mind on things above on the things that can burn us out, cause us discouragement, and cause us to, to despair. And we're just going to tackle the biggest one first, the heaviest one that causes more people that I know of to simply lose faith in God and lose trust in God, and that's going to be death. Death. Let's just go with that one first, the big one. Boy, how many questions do we have about that one, you know? Holy cow. You know, a good person goes, they pass, they die, they're gone, you know? And we just think, that's not Right? You know, the drunk driving accident, the, you know, the person's driving and they're doing okay, you know, the young person's driving and then the drunk crosses over the line and plows head on into him and the young person is killed and the drunk goes away, what, without a scratch and you think, crud. How many people do I know that said, I've given up on God because he took my mom when I was 14 years old or when I was a teenager? How many people do I know that say, I can't trust God anymore because my cousin, who I'm close to, got leukemia when they were 16, and they were a good person, and they're gone. And we have all these goofy, wacko questions about God because these things begin to happen. And, and we can ask, why? Why? And we lose hope, and we burn out on God because something so tragic happens. And death is a horrible thing, and I'm not making light of it in any means. Boy, you lose somebody, and you're, you lose a part of yourself, and you'll never recover fully because death is a horrible thing. It's a devastating loss. The Bible says good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. So you don't think God's not aware of this? Of course, he even wrote about it. He even gives us words about that. Let's set our mind on the things above, okay? Let's set our mind on things above. Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. How's that a way for looking at it in life? Okay? Now, again, the Bible would say we don't grieve like those who have no hope, and so we actually should grieve, and grieving is hard, and we miss them. But because our view is limited to, to life in these, these 60, 70, 80, 90, I hope, years, um, because our life is on this one, we think, oh, man, you know, that's all there is to life. And God said, this is just a prelude. This is just 
the prelude to life. I ask this question all the time um, um, to people. How many of you would want to go back and live your life all over again? All over again. Yeah. How many of you want to go through middle school again? Okay. You really want to go through zits again? You know, you really want to do that, asking somebody out for the very first time? You really want to have to go through geometry, trigonometry in my case? Do you really want to do that again? Everybody says no. Everyone says no. Well, why not? Because it was so what? It was so hard, you know? And if we don't want to go through it again, why are we so bugged at God when he takes somebody and says, you know what, I'm going to pull you from this life, which is really a bad life, and I'm going to put you in a really good life. And yeah, the process might be, you know, a th- a three months of bad, or it might be 10 seconds of bad, but I'm going to take you from here, and I'm going to put you here, and you're going to love it, and you'll have no regrets, you'll have no problems, everything will be okay. Do you understand setting your mind on things above? All of a sudden it's like, wow, I miss that person. But man, they don't have to go through things. They are, in this case, I'll just use the big word, blessed. Blessed more than any because God said, I'm going to take you home to the right place. You see how it works? How about problems? How about problems? I don't like problems. I don't like problems at all. I like to complain and make noise about problems, by the way. I like to do that. Problems can burn you out. And this happens, and you try and fix it, and it gets worse, and you start saying, my life sucks, you know, how bad my life is. Well, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to put our hope in God. We're supposed to set our mind on the things above, where Christ is, who knows me and loves me, and is sitting at the right hand of God. And so it says this in Scripture, and here's our attitude. Brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow and let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. How many of us want to be perfect and complete, needing nothing, so that we can help those that we love go through things? We all do. So we go through the problems because we're setting our mind on the things above in hope. God doing his work. How about our stuff? I don't know why I even thought of this song, um, but I did. I can't even remember where it's from. I think it's from a movie I saw a long time ago. Um, And if you can help me with the movie, I'll buy a lunch or something. It's a song by Max Bygraves, and it was written in the 50s before I was even more. And it goes this, goes this way. So you can remember it if you want to sing it. When you come to the end of a lollipop, to the end, to the end of a lollipop, when you come to the end of a lollipop, anyone know how it ends? Pop goes your heart. And you think, what a stupid song, you know? I mean, what do you think is going to happen when you come to the end of a lollipop? It's going to be gone. You're going to have a fuzzy stick. That's what lollipops do. In your, if your heart goes pop, then, man, you, got, you need some serious real issues in your life. My stuff breaks, you know, my new... Now favorite sweatshirt that Lisa gave me for Christmas had a stain on it. I don't want to talk about it, okay? I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, you know? That's what happens when you wear sweatshirts in the garage. It just does. Or we think this will satisfy and it breaks. Or we think this is the ultimate and then a new model comes out. And so we get burned out and discouraged and we lose hope. So we set our mind on things above. Jesus said, don't store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Don't do it. Instead, storm up in heaven. Give your stuff away. 
Understand the real value of it is when it gives joy and sustenance and help to somebody else. That's the real value of stuff. And all of a sudden, man, you, you don't lose hope. You have great hope as you start seeing your stuff being blessing, as becoming a blessing to somebody. God's in control of life. No matter if good or bad happens, he's in charge, and it's going to be really going to be okay. I'm going to invite Marty to come on up. Grandpa Marty, by the way. He's going to come on up right now. Marty, yeah, thank you. Marty, um, man, Marty is just a super brother in Christ to me, and we're good friends. And he's actually going to lead us in a song. And, and, and those of you that know Marty, maybe didn't know he sings. He sings and he plays a 12-string really well. Um, and, and, and he did this. He did this song for our steering team. We have a time when we pray. Um, um, last month we did it, and, um, and he led us in worship. And I said, man, I want this song for the whole church family to hear it. It's a simple song, um, and it talks about setting your mind on things above, and that's pretty simple. And um, the song is, if you believe in God, if you say you need Jesus, he'll be where you are, and he'll never leave you. That's how simple it is. And Marty's going to go through it and, and, and listen to it, sing to it. Um, uh, what you would like. Um, and, and if while he's doing it, if something's moving in your heart, and maybe you're saying, you know what, my life, my whole life, I've been digging stupid cisterns, stupid cisterns, and they're empty, and, and, and this song is for me. I, I believe in God, and I need Jesus. That you could be, again, right where you are, you could just simply say, I need Jesus in my life, in my heart. I need forgiveness. I've walked away from God. I've done crazy things, and it's got me nowhere. You can find Jesus right where you are by opening your life to him. Or if you'd like somebody to pray with you, for you, um, Mark's going to be there on that side of the stage, and I'm here on this side of the stage, and you can come, and we just pray with you, and, um, and that will be great. So let's take time with the song as it goes to let God do a work in your life. We believe in God And we all need Jesus His life is hard And it might not get easy but don't be afraid to know who you are. Don't be afraid to show it. If you believe in God, if you say you need Jesus, He'll be where you are And he never will leave you And sing to me now Words that are true So all in this place can know it We believe in God And we all need Jesus. We believe.
God. And we all need Jesus. We believe in God. And we all need Jesus. And sing to me now words that are true. So all in this place can know it. We believe in God. And we all His life is hard, and it might not get easier, but don't be afraid to know who you are, don't be afraid to share. If you believe in God, if you say you need Jesus, he'll be where you are, and he never will leave you. Sing to me now words that are true. So all in this place can know it. We believe in God, and we all need Jesus.